Hi, welcome to the Cloud Migration Podcast from Capital Innovations. Find us at bpmexit.com. We let customers quickly identify cost savings by migrating workflow software to open source cloud-based alternatives. Head over to bpmexit.com, click on how much can I save, fill in a one-page form, and we'll get you an estimate on the spot. That's bpmexit.com. Well, Max, uh, we've finally done it. We've been threatening to do the Migration Guys podcast for a long time. And I think we're finally here and we're ready to start with our first episode. So I don't know about you. I'm excited about it. I'll introduce myself. I'm Dan Griffith. I'm the VP of Sales and Marketing at Cap BPM. And what we do at Cap BPM is migrate our customers' legacy workflow, business process, and rules system into cloud-based alternatives. And the topic of our podcast has to do with experiences that we've had and things that we've seen in the area of migration. Max, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Absolutely. Um, I've got to say I'm really excited that we're doing this, Dan. Um, my name is Max Young. I'm a principal with Capital VPM. And like, uh, like Dan said, we are focused on helping customers migrate from legacy on-prem systems into cloud-based, uh, sometimes serverless solutions. Yeah, and, and Max, I know when we first started talking about this, which was probably back before the pandemic, we said, boy, we really see a lot of people that are either making mistakes or are contemplating this and just don't know how to think about migration or how to do migration. So we really wanted to be practical in this podcast. And I think the one thing that you and I agreed on is there are a lot of IBM ODM customers out there. And I know you have a unique perspective on that, having been at a company that was acquired by IBM. So I thought it might be interesting, maybe if you'd share just a little bit about your history around uh, IBM ODM. Right. So I have a love-hate relationship with IBM ODM. I, uh, I think it's a really wonderful idea to extrapolate rules and make them available to the business. And I think that the ODM engine that IBM offers has a, a lot of really interesting functionality. So that's the part that I love. The part I don't love are the costs that are associated with it, the maintenance of it, the deep technical expertise you need in order to not just write the rules, but to maintain the rules and maintain the machines that run the rules. And of course, that doesn't include you know, the licensing and, and all the other costs that are associated with it. So I have to say that I enjoyed working on rules for the eight years that I did so. I, I was a master certified instructor of ODM, actually. For IBM, it was interesting and it was fun to solicit out what people were doing. But it seems to me that the technology and the philosophy kind of peaked about 10, 15 years ago. And I think it's time for people to consider practical alternatives that may have not been possible at that time. Yeah, I, th I think you make an interesting point, Max, because as we talked with our customers, which are primarily in the Fortune 500, maybe even more specifically in the Fortune 250. We hear a lot of that, right? We hear them say, 
boy, this was great in its time, and we've used it, and we've gotten some use out of it, and we've stuck with it all of this time because there wasn't alternatives. But I think what I've seen, and I'm sure you would echo this, Max, in the last three to four years, there's been an explosion on the market of alternatives to that that are really viable alternatives. What would you say in your mind would be the you know, some of the better alternatives that you've seen out there to ODM? Yeah. So I think, you know, when you think about ODM and you think about what alternatives to it are, you have to think about what ODM offers. So one, ODM offers, uh, frankly, a very good rule engine from a performance and execution perspective. Two, it offers the capacity to author rules uh, in a very clean way. And three, it offers a capacity for the business customer to go and actually manage and govern those rules. I can see that all three of those features can now be met by offerings that are cloud-based. So this could be Google Cloud Functions, for example, that use a table metaphor to articulate and manage rules. It could be open source engines like Drools, or it can be even proprietary solutions from competitors, depending on the expertise of the customer. The one thing that really just bothers me is that when people have an ODM solution, they typically have to pay to keep their ODM servers running in tip-top condition at any time in case a rule needs to run through it. So that's kind of like gunning the engine all the time in case you need to accelerate. And as an engineer who's been trained to sort of abhor the idea of waste, that just really bothers me. Interesting you mentioned that and in, in that you touched on, I think uh, just a little bit earlier, the cost around ODM. So what we hear from our customers is, is really three basic things when it comes to ODM. Number one is the cost associated just with the pure maintenance, if they're still on premise, the amount of hardware, but even if they're in IBM's cloud, there's a lot involved with what it takes to run ODM. Secondly, the maintenance that they have to uh, do that's been accelerated over a period of time. And then finally, the all the other type of upkeep that is necessary, you know, proprietary programming resources, the difficulty of changing and even initiating new rules that are involved with it. And I think most of the people that we talk to, though, would feel like they're trapped because, at least from what I've seen, there doesn't seem to be a large awareness of viable alternatives. And I think a lot of that has to do with serverless technology now really coming into its own. But I think it also has to do with the stopping point for many of our customers, which is, okay, I do love that new technology, but how am I going to get 10 to 15 years of rules projects over there? Would you say that that's, that's fair on, on what you've seen, Max? Absolutely. I think that there is, as you said, there's a lot of hidden cost. And I would also underscore that there's a lot of hidden risk with an ODM-based solution because you have to maintain, frankly, very specialized staff that know how to optimize the hardware, the software, as well as all the tricky idiosyncrasies of how you write the rules and how the IRL really gets processed and all that sort of stuff. And people like that are hard to find and they're hard to keep. 
So there's an ever-expanding amount of risk that's associated with it. And that's why I really like the solutions that are out there around serverless technologies like uh, Google's functions or AWS functions that people can use to achieve the very same thing. But by minimizing the risk that's involved, they can actually create opportunities in other areas of the business. That's what I really like to see. Quick reminder at bpmexit.com, you can automate your migration from IBM ODM, Pega, Appian, and other systems to Comunda, Flowable, AWS Step Functions, Google Workflow, and other systems. You can get details at bpmexit.com. Max, would you say that there's a willingness out there to consider these technologies, but a reticence because a reticence around the path to get to the technology? Absolutely. And I think that's where the education comes in. I think that if people were aware of what's available out there in terms of migration technologies and, you know, uh, testing for fidelity, that sort of thing can help them expand the vocabulary of how they're describing their problems and their solutions. So I would say that there are definitely good solutions, good alternatives that are orders of magnitude, less risky and less expensive. And there's a, a, a gulf of understanding of how easy it is to get from, you know, an implemented solution in ODM to one that actually exists and is functional in, say, GPC. I, I mean, people are thinking that's months or years of effort, and I'm aware of people doing it in weeks. Yeah, so I don't want to get into the subject of maybe one of our future podcasts would be talking about the ability to move fast. But I would think that as we think about a return on investment for somebody moving from ODM, there's certainly intangible reasons that we've indicated here, but there's also that the almighty dollar, right? That that's being spent every year on ODM solutions and everything surrounding it. From what I've seen moving to these serverless technologies, it's almost an unbelievable ROI in that you're talking about literally cents on the dollar for operational cost. Have you seen people kind of being incredulous about that and because of that, not trusting the ROI? I think, I think that's the first impression that people have. You know, there's a saying that says that we tend to overestimate the effect of technology in our lives in the short term and underestimate it in the long term. I'm old enough that I remember what life was like without cell phones. And I had the same sort of aha moment from my customers when they migrate from ODM to, you know, a serverless alternative because they have this moment where they go, oh my God, this could have been so easy. This could have been so fast. This could have been so, you know, lightweight. And they just weren't aware of it. And that, that's something that I think is, is a real shame. So Max, we touched, uh, obviously covered a lot of ground today in what we've covered. I think we started with the premise that people that have ODM have had it for a long time and aren't always aware of the alternatives. We talked a little bit about what some of those alternatives are and the benefits of that. Is there any parting thoughts you would want to leave with somebody that 
is currently evaluating the future of ODM in their organization? I would say go out there and do an objective, clear-eyed assessment of what ODM is costing you. Think about your CPU, think about your run rates, think about your utilization, think about your license. And there are calculators out there to help you with this sort of thing. And just understand what you're paying for all of this. And I think then start thinking about what else you could build with that money. That, I think, is a very practical way to look at, frankly, any engineering problem. Look at what it's costing you, look at the value that it's bringing to you, and start taking a sort of a hard-nosed approach to finding a more valuable way to get that same service at, you know, at, at a lesser cost and at a lesser risk. Check out our, our website at www.bpmexit.com. We do have several calculators there. We'll provide those links and certainly reach out to us via the website and let us know what you think about the podcast. And until next time, Max, enjoyed talking with you and we'll look forward to talking to you again real soon. You bet, Dan. Take care.